On this episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast, we're talking with Martin Thomas. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Andy, I'm feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning. Have you ever... I got my coffee. Atta boy. It's in your... It's, I didn't see it because it's in your camo cup. It, you thought it was a tree? Blended right in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're doing a... You wouldn't know this necessarily because you might be listening to us in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, but uh, we're doing a morning a morning show. And... Uh, it has it's, rare, di- it's rare for us. It's got a different feel to it. It really, really does. Andy, uh, hi, good to see you. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's I spent the evening with the Boy Scouts last night. Yes, and so I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you were. I saw you were getting the the ten around, and uh, I was confused because I saw like I, I didn't look at the picture closely when you posted it, but uh, there were like other structures and things around. There you are other houses, yeah. And I was like, Andy, are you doing urban camping? Is this like an urban camping? But it was like a like a lakeside situation, right? Right. Yeah. Someone's house by the lake, and yeah. we were camping and yeah, having you, fun. Did you? So, like, uh, is it all? How many of you were in the tent? Just me and Micah and Eli. So were in our but tent. it's, it's so, like cozy. But it was a three person tent, so it was like right up against the wall. Like, so here's my big beef with with the capacity that they say a tent is. So a three person tent is like a one and a half person tent. That's my particular feeling on it. A six you person tent, you, you can get maybe four in. Well, you can't put your stuff and you in the correct. Tent. Yeah, there's no other things. It's just the bodies, and they are stacked right next right. to each other. And it was steamy last night. It was. <laughs> That's why I said I was like, dude. I hope you get a cool breeze. That's uh, oh my goodness. Well, as always, we uh, we enjoy uh, getting out with the kiddos and uh, doing all those things. I am excited for. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Fall weather. Uh, August has been a brutal. We've seen high humidity, high temps here in the north central Indiana, and uh, I've almost thought about just driving south for cooler weather. Quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Andy, today we are super excited, as you mentioned at the opening, to have our good friend Martin Thomas on here. As always with this show, we say it again and again. We have friends. We think they have great stories, great testimonies, and we just want to share them with people. And every once in a while, um, we're able to catch people that are driving from one place to another. As you know, Mar- as we did this time. Martin is on the move. By the way, he's he's always going somewhere. Got some. He's preaching somewhere watched one of his sermons the other day I, you'll you'll pick up on the martin is not from around here in just a second but uh <laughs> that's that's a really terrible thing to say because sometimes people are like you're not from around here are you and it's like a negative it's, a neg- it's yeah, negative this, this is, is a not, positive yeah. i'm not saying it's a total positive um but uh, I, I watched one of martin's sermons the other day uh and i just i just got to say that i I just found myself just saying amen a lot just uh i was by myself so that was really but like loudly like you know, yelling at my yelling at yes. my screen, like preach, amen, amen. It it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. So, <laughs> Martin's obviously he's a he's a multi talented guy to guy. But I want you to man introduce our friend Andy. Tell tell the people uh, welcome him and uh, uh, let's let's get talking. Absolutely. But first, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Concrete Barber, who has high quality hair qual- uh, hair products, high quality, high quality. As we mentioned last time on the show, my son just got some 
products mm-hmm. and it's making him look he's sweet. looking suave yeah absolutely he's looking put together that not only that man. not only that dude you can book him online at concretebarber.com yeah he's, he's on the facebook he's on the instagram follow the social media concrete barber let me just tell you it's you're like what how exciting could the social media account be of a of a barber and let me just it's tell you an art it's an art it's super cool to watch what he does uh and uh, he's got some fun stuff on there every once in a while too so dj we love you we thank you for your support uh guys get get on the stick you've been going to some some i don't know super cuts no offense super cuts you've been you've been scheduling your appointment for a 15 minute haircut and you're coming out looking uh, maybe even worse than you did before you went in. Get to a barber. Get to the barber. Concrete, Concrete barber. barber. Nicely done. Well done. We're on top of this ad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, today we have Martin Thomas with us. Martin, I was introduced to Martin here through our church. Uh, he's come. He's friends with uh, one of the people that go here, uh, Danny, Danny Yoder, Danny and Pat. And he has come and spoke at our church quite a bit. And I've heard his story and we, Joel and I both have said, we need to get you on the show. So Martin, welcome to the show here. Good to be here today. I I should tell you, by the way, that uh, uh, camping was originally started by an organization that was designed to make sure bears are fed. (laughs) um, This is why you can't get your thing tense. It's a whole big... (laughs) big thing you know that's uh, that sounds that sounds like city folk talking right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely it's like a a boxed meal really it's like a a package it makes sense i'll take a number one with coke (laughs) that's right that's right yes yes uh martin we uh we just so appreciate you coming on and and really want to um just share your story and share what your organization is all about but uh really um i guess first and foremost tell us Tell us about your organization. Tell us about what you guys do. And then I want to go to uh, your own personal story of how you kind of found yourself doing what you're doing and serving in the way you're serving now. So, Well, good to be here. Listen, um, Foresight Forgivers Foundation, uh, which uh, founded the Nazareth Manhouse Ministry, uh, is an important work. Um, men... Uh, who are incarcerated will come home from prison one day. And uh, it has been our experience that when they do, there's a certain kind of help they, they need. And I don't, I don't, I don't like to suggest that we've got all the answers. I do want to make sure that I say we have some, we have, we have some of the, um, some of the answers to fill in some of the voids that deal with why people get out and go back. And um, so we are set up for the purpose of helping guys to just not go back to prison again. And uh, it is, um, it's an important work in, in the world. So you've got a, uh, an actual home and, and working on a second home. So one in, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, and then the other that is in process is up here closer to us in South, in South Bend. Bend. That's right. That's right. And um, so within that, within Indianapolis House, uh, before we go to your own story, um, what 
what happens at that house? How many guys are there? What is what is the house? How is the house generally speaking used for the purpose that you've kind of laid out? So the ministry is kind of evolving. It's finally, I think, reaching some of uh, the the plateaus that'll make it more functional. Uh, originally, we had the house set up to receive sixteen guys. <laughs> it's important. Listen, there are, there are. Um, um, 11,000 plus, 11 to 16,000 plus, 1,600 rather, plus guys who get out of prison in Indiana every year. Man. And uh, so 16 guys doesn't put a dent in no. uh, in that number. And so we, <laughs> but we uh, we discovered as uh, as we interacted with the guys that uh, guys were just kind of sleeping on top of each other. So that turned <laughs> out not to be a, a good idea. We have a we have one big dorm in the in the house, and then upstairs there are four rooms. And so we had four bunk beds in the. <laughs> in the dorm and two bunk beds in these single dwelling, yeah. uh, single person, uh, little person, single dwelling yeah. rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, over time, we went from 16 to 12 down to down to 10. And um, it looks like we're going to settle somewhere between 10 and eight guys that uh, the idea is not for the guys to come and go, but to come and stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't our brand of ministry does not have a timetable on it as such. We right. want them to stay until uh, the goals that they have set, the good goals that they have set are achievable and until the things that we are trying to accomplish with them uh, take place. Sure. So so when they come in, they set their they set goals with you guys. And then when they achieve them, they move on. What is the average time frame that someone stays there? Like what what what's that look like? So we receive our guy. We meet our guys in prison. Okay. Uh, we start the interview process while they're still incarcerated, and um, so that we can learn a lot about them, understand what their goals are before they get there. Sure. And um, our actual program itself is fit into a twelve-month calendar. Very intense calendar, a lot of teaching and training, uh, dealing with a number of things. Soft skills, which is really important. One of the reasons why guys can't keep jobs is because they don't do so well on their soft skills. Mm -hmm. And um, money management um, is a a big deal. So many of our clients uh, never had a a checking account. Keep their money in the sock or in the trunk of their car or in a wall somewhere. And uh, so just just basic fundamental everyday living kinds of things, uh, teaching them how to cook and how to care for themselves and how to do things so that they can can be be functional citizens. It, It takes us about 12 months to to get a guy where we want him to be. We have spiritual goals, wholeness, wellness, purposefulness, productivity, and prosperity. So we have those as functional goals that guides the programmatic aspect of our of our ministry. And uh, we combine that with their goals. We don't have a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. They've been used to that. Mm. Uh, you have a, a DOC number, 97-something, and everyone kind of 
is forced to fit into into one skit, one shoe. We we try to understand who a guy is individually and and plan programming around his needs. One other thing: imagine a guy who was really an accountant before he went to prison, going through our how to balance your checkbook (laughs) (laughs) course. Such a waste of his time. So Mm -hmm. we try to develop programming uh, based on what the guy's particular needs are. So obviously, and my assumption would be that much of this, uh, much of this plan that you've put together kind of to restore the individual into, into place them into a place where they can flourish afterwards really comes from a journey that you yourself were on and recognize the needs that were that were there uh, following an exit um, from prison. So because we and we'll come back to more Nazareth Manhouse conversation, but I, I'm just dying for our uh, our folks to hear uh, your own personal story um, and, and the highlights and because because it's a story. And uh, but really the points along the way that kind of led you to just get connected with this ministry um would just love for you to tell us more about that. Well, thank you. Listen, um, uh, I um, I was raised by a couple of really good parents, and uh, in a very stable, traditional Christian family, and uh, very grateful for uh, having an angel of a mother and a real stern father to to lead me along. I, I, I grew up in church. Um, um, Got out of high school and went to Bible school and Bible college, and uh, I've been somebody's pastor since I was 19. And um, I think that part of my story gets lost on people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some people would like it a whole lot better if I had been running the streets <laughs> and <laughs> gangbang. Uh, yeah, been yeah. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm not that guy. <laughs> when I went to prison, it was really culture shock for I'm me. Sure, yeah, and. Um, <clears throat> We in the church I was the pastor of did uh, prison work over the years. And I always wondered why it was when guys get out of prison, why they why they would leave that programming, leave the church and go right back. Mm -hmm. And uh, what uh, what the variables were, the reasons for that. And I just couldn't understand it. And then um, through. the things that happened to me where I end up incarcerated with a 50 year sentence living in um, Indiana state prison. I tell people all the time that, that nothing prepared me to be in that kind of environment. And then I pause and think about it. And I say, well, on the other hand, perhaps maybe everything mm-hmm. in my life prepared me to, mm-hmm. to be there. And, um, uh, but as I began interacting with the guys, and it wasn't long, I tell the funniest thing, uh, I didn't think it was funny at the time, uh, was after I was there for a couple of months, no, a couple of weeks actually, the uh, warden of the prison and the chaplain called me into the office and uh, said, you're going to be the pastor of the church. I said, I said, excuse me, (laughs) the prison pastor of the church. I said, no, you don't want me to be the prison pastor of the church. And uh, anyway, um, as we began interacting with the guys and, you know, realizing that I was one of them Mm -hmm. and um, that uh, my own brokenness, the things that the unresolved issues and... um, uh, problems that that I had 
especially with with self-righteousness and uh, thinking I was better than what I really was. You know, the scripture warns about that. Beware when you when you think you stay unless you fall and yeah. not to think of yourself more highly than what you are and all those kinds of things. I, I it was quite a, a fall from prominence to despicableness and waking up and realizing that I was in an environment with people where I belonged. Uh, and, uh, uh, but I was so much different from, from most all of them. And that was the, the, the shock for me, seeing just the depth of human brokenness and the depth of things that are missing in, in people. When you enter into, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's like entering into another world. I mean, it's just a, such a complete disconnect from uh, where you came from. How you, mentally speaking, spiritually speaking, how, how do you come to terms with your new reality? I mean, I, I, I would just imagine that like I understand to a certain degree where like violence in the prison system comes from where a, a man loses hope, you know, he to go from freedom to non-freedom and to go to prison and then to really see like he can basically knows what the rest of his life holds or at least a good portion of his life holds depending on sentence. Mm-hmm. What's the process of even just coming to terms with that and and finding a way forward? Well, for for me, I was happy to discover or learn that the system had, the prison had a, a psychiatrist that I could go see. Uh, I wanted to get on his list right away. It took a little while, but I finally got in his office. First thing I needed to do was to make sure he wasn't crazy because I was sure I was. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't understand uh, how my life unraveled like it did so quickly, and why it was that uh, the faith I had lived by and on, and the the principles I had lived by, why all that just disappeared so rapidly in the moment that I needed it the most, mm-hmm. why, why it wasn't there, why, how I got so blinded and mm-hmm. sidetracked. And I really needed to know that I really was not unstable mentally, that I didn't have some latent mental illness that I needed to, to address. And uh, once I discovered that, um, that I had all of my faculties as much as one can, um, then I realized that it was in fact for me a spiritual issue. Oh. Something was 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 broken and I discovered personally that while I had been raised uh, to be in church and to be a person of faith, I knew a whole lot about God, but I didn't know him. I didn't really have a relationship with him. Wow. I had a relationship with his word, wow. which yeah. is another thing altogether. Yeah. It's the difference between knowing the scriptures, a lot of which I could, I memorized and could quote and could tell all the stories and be passionate about it and what have you. But you can know all of that and not know him, not have a relationship mm-hmm. at all with God. And that was the biggest, the biggest discovery that I made that I didn't know God at all. And, and then I wondered if he knew me, you know, yeah. he does say, I never knew you, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so what a, a, what a place to learn that in prison. Like I, I just, I can see maybe having to come to terms with that, you know, in a, like, right. You, you go to one church service one day and you, you, you wake up and you're like, you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know God the way I thought that I knew him, but then I have the, the freedom and resources maybe in the community to like 
figure that out. But here you are in prison coming to terms with that. Mm. So then what, what next? I mean, what, what's, what do you, what do you do to kind of get out of the, I, I mean, Again, well, I would, once once you realize that 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 you didn't know him, like what's the next step forward yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah. So picture uh, picture uh, the chaplain introducing me to a room full of guys. Um, at that time, the church uh, um, held uh, so every denomination that's Christian is a part of the prison church. Mm-hmm. So so you go into the chapel, and if 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 there's a small group of Baptists, they're sitting over there, and a small group. Group of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses over there in Seven Day Adventists. They're there, and so you you know in this church building, there's there's eight, nine, ten different groups of people who are literally sitting together, but they're all members of this one church, and I'm their new pastor. <laughs> 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 and uh, imagine uh, they didn't get to vote on me, or hire me, or interview me, or anything. Yeah. Uh, the chapter said this. This, this guy is, is, yeah, this is Martin Thomas said he's the pastor and you can just imagine the guys looking at one <laughs> another like, you know, guys putting their heads down and what have you. They immediately wanted to know uh, what I believe, what church I was a member of. You know, are you are you in our group or their group <laughs> right. or that group or right. this group? And uh, right. so I had to tear all of that down. Uh, the, I think the good thing for me um, is that uh, I didn't know God. I knew a lot about him. I believed in him. There was no question in my mind, but that uh, God lives and rules and reigns supreme in the world, and um, that he was uh, involved in what was happening with me. And so uh, that first Sunday, I got up and I said to the guys, I told them, frankly, explained to them uh, who I was and what my background was and how much it did not keep me from being here with you and how unprepared I was mm-hmm. to to deal with to deal with them and I invited them to take a journey with me uh, uh, I rested on the promise that God said if you seek me mm-hmm. you will find me yeah. and I helped them to appreciate my faith in the fact that God is not playing hide and seek with any of us that he wants to be found uh, and that there is a there is a, a process for doing that, and so we started in Genesis. Most of the guys had never read a Bible, touched one, mm-hmm. been in church, et cetera, and uh, uh, other than when they were in prison. And so uh, it was good for me because now every week I had to get up before the church. I had to I had to talk about. Uh, a God that I was trying to find and the messages were very open and very transparent and very, and very honest and probing. And, um, fortunately I had all of the tools for, for study, for research, for a lot of knowledge dots needed to be connected. And so it, it it took a while. It took a while for me to, um, for me to find him. And uh, but I was convinced that uh, there's a story that where Gideon is being called by God, and Gideon God calls him to do uh, come into his service, and Gideon says to God, "If you are, if God is with us, then then where are the miracles? You know what? Where where is he? How do I how do I find? How do I identify God in my life here under these circumstances? And and this is the thing that that we had to discover in the prison environment. Most of the guys are not 
there for a short visit. So 50 years at mm. Indiana State Prison was a short visit. Wow. Golly. So most of the guys are there for the rest of their life. Wow. And many of them are young, you know, teenagers, 20s, early early 20s, 30s. And um, I met a guy when I got there who had been there two years before I was born. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So that really puts it in yeah. perspective. Yeah. 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 So it's a different kind of world. And but they but but the longing for God yeah. uh is is strong. Yeah. And um so I was I was in to answer your question more specifically, I was I was in a good place mm. to have to make this to get on this journey. Because I knew when I found God and, and these things I had preached about and talked about over the years, when these things became a reality in my life, mm -hmm. finally. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't just talking about it, but I was actually experiencing it and living it and helping other people to do that, to take that journey with me. Then, yeah, this best best church experience, best Christian experience, best, best faith-building experience I have ever had in my life. Amazing. How long did you serve in that role? 21 years. My goodness. Wow. So really for the almost the duration, really the entire duration of your time? Yeah. So yeah. you were at Indiana State for? About 14 of those years, okay. 12, okay. 12, 14. And then okay. uh, at uh, Miami uh, Correctional Facility and then um, when I got down to the last couple of years at IREF. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you had a 50 year sentence and you obviously, uh, cause we're talking to you right now, <laughs> did not, <laughs> did not serve the entirety of that. What, what were the circumstances? Uh, how does that, how does that happen? You, you'd be surprised to know. And, and, and I, I didn't know either. Uh, in fact, my first big break, my first big, um, feel good is when I got to prison and I understood that in Indiana, I only had to do 25 years of that 50-year sentence. And think about that. I only had to do 25 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I met guys who had life and other guys who had sentences. Like, I'm thinking about this 20-year-old who uh, had been there two years before I got there. And he had uh, two sentences uh, that uh, 150 years each that were running wild. Okay, so he had to, that means he had to do the first 150 years, which was 75 years. Mm -hmm. And then when he finished that 75 years, he would and start in on the second. And uh, then I met all these guys who had life, some of them three, four, and five life sentences. Wow. So, yeah, uh, 25 <laughs> years, that's okay. I yeah. could I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how I was going to do that when I really understood that that was still 25 years. And then you can get some time cuts. I got some time cuts through, through uh, things that, of course, that you take and what have you and gotcha yeah so so you get out of prison what's your next step so by the time i get out of prison i am uh convinced that uh, something different has to happen for guys who are incarcerated and come home because you've seen it you've seen it time and time again people go and then they end up coming back to prison that's right and i'd say to them when they came back i said what are you what are you doing here why why are you back yeah. and uh, what are you what are you wicked 
Yeah, yeah that's what it is. You're wicked. That's all, yeah. Pastor. Don't call me wicked. I say, okay, yeah, maybe that's a little strong. I said, what are you stupid or something? It's <laughs> all, oh, Pastor. You don't have to call me stupid. I said, well, you know, who spends 10, 12, 14, 15, 20 years in prison and gets out and he's home for six months, eight months, and he's right back? I mean, what what didn't you get? And uh, if I had one person, I had a hundred guys who would say to me, they'd say in some form, I said, well, you haven't gotten out, but when you get out, then you will understand. Mm. And boy, did were they right about that? Um, most of those guys did not return to prison because they committed another crime. They returned to prison because of, of parole violations. Mm. Uh, and that covers a whole gamut of, of interesting things that that perhaps need to be addressed and yeah. looked at and what have you. I was fortunate to have a really good parole officer. Mm. So praise God for that. But um, so I was convinced that something different had to be done. And the Nazareth Man House is what that is. This program, fortunately, uh, was most of it was written and implemented inside of prison uh, uh, before I came home. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it, something different needs to happen with to keep guys from from returning. Uh, back to their former life and former self. So you were really the the vision for this was really birthed during. I mean, even during your time within within prison walls, and as you're seeing the need and and moving and moving forward with all of that. So how how did you launch this ministry? Because I'm just gonna guess that a man fresh out of prison, though you had been faithfully serving and all of that, like to get people to like come alongside of you and to back you up on this. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I know he's a convict, but really he's really, you want to start a ministry with this yeah. guy. I, how, how did you formulate those things? How did you get that ball rolling? Yeah. You need a lot of help. <laughs> yeah. God bless me first with two people. One was my wife. Oh, come on now. Yeah. yeah. Good girl. Yeah. And, uh, I used to pick on her. Um, we met, um, uh, and talked regularly almost every day for seven years before I came home oh and uh, tell her what's what's wrong with you fooling around with some guy incarcerated <laughs> and yeah. uh, but a godsend mm. on on the same page with me in terms of wanting to do something uh, and uh, uh, to help guys and Carolyn had been involved in um, um, helping um, uh, people who are disenfranchised and disadvantaged her whole life. So uh, she was a director of a of a community center for many years and uh, worked in a prison environment for many years. So just just perfect perfect for me. And uh, so uh, you know, having Carolyn die, I can't understate that and really we should do a whole broadcast yes, on, yes. on, <laughs> Sounds on like that it. that's yeah. an interesting story and what have you and then god uh while i was incarcerated uh danny yoder and i danny w working with gospel echoes would i'd see him a couple of times a year every year and danny would tell me he'd tell me uh on down the road he'd say uh, martin when you get out of prison call me i said oh, okay i said danny don't tell me to call you i will i will i'll yeah. call you yeah. and uh, sure enough i got out of prison and i called danny uh, and he and pat and and carolyn and and then my parole officer uh ultimately 
became a part of our team. That's uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, just uh, God, that's just God. So it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, if I start taking yeah. credit for any of that, then uh, <laughs> besides the threat of lightning and earthquakes <laughs> yeah. and, and what yeah. have you, uh, opening up and getting me, you know, God is just, I, I think it's a, I think it's a mission that is on time. Mm-hmm. I think that the world is longing for needs um, a ministry like this, uh, an approach yep. to uh, recidivism uh, that has some of the unique characteristics that our, ours does. So, uh, man, the ball gets rolling. People get on board. Uh, uh, a home is purchased uh, yeah. with, with kind of some, again, uh, you. T- I mean, I, I've heard the home story of it, all the things, the right things falling into place in the right moment. Yeah. Clearly, uh, a supernatural. Uh, no, nobody but God could <laughs> yeah, do that, that event. And yeah. uh, uh, a few, a few Amish friends who come alongside of us. Yep. Uh, a whole lot of uh, Mennonite friends, yep. and uh, who who get behind us and with us. And um, uh, I purchased this house without money, without credit, without. Ability to pay, and uh, and five months to pay it off. Uh-huh. And, wow. uh, God, uh, <laughs> no pressure. God yeah. just <laughs> fixes all of that. And then one day I meet uh, a really good guy uh, up in in uh, Kidron, Ohio, uh, Stephen at the Ivana conference, mm-hmm. and um, um, he introduces me to an Amish guy in Napanee who comes down uh, with three of three or four of his brothers. They look over the house they they look over me (laughs) and wow just 10 weeks the house is is remodeled and renovated and what it's just amazing that that is really amazing that's uh that's kingdom of god uh uh work there and and again i just the motley crew that y'all have that have put this thing together i mean that is that is a testament to bringing people from different backgrounds and 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 certainly different life experiences together for for this very timely purpose, yeah. and uh, that's uh, I, that's what one of the things. I mean, I just it always amazes me just when I hear those sort of stories because uh, yeah. yeah, you just yeah, uh, it's not something you could have dreamed up on your own, and yet here you are. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't explain it. Yeah. You, you, but the the good thing is that you can't explain it away, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you can't redefine it. It yep. is clearly an act of God with the people of God uh, who recognize a, a work that. That is credible, and um, and who who want to sow into that into that field. At the beginning of our broadcast, we did uh, just mention, um, uh, but uh, that there is the house in Indianapolis, but then there is a work in progress here in in South Bend. Um, what uh, what are your hopes for that South Bend house? I know it's things have kind of evolved as they have with this ministry and the needs. Um, what what do you guys see as next steps? What are you hoping for? What are you trying to figure out at this at this time? Well, the need uh, for our brand of ministry is is great, and so um, we have long our long term goals calls for us to have four houses in Indianapolis. Okay, it's, yeah. and that just just barely touches the surface of what might be needed. Um, Then the house in South Bend was gifted to us. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, we have a house in South Bend, and it's a beautiful, a beautiful house. Uh, it it needs some remodeling uh, done to it, uh, not nearly in the shape that the house in in, uh, in in that Indianapolis was in the um, when we were working on it. 
and um, and so uh, South Bend is a college town, so there there are a lot of little variables that we have to consider about uh, our ministry in a in a neighborhood. the, in the house in Indianapolis is actually in a business district. Okay. And uh, the house since I've been is dead smack in the middle of a neighborhood. And so we, we need to be very careful about our approach to ministry there. But yeah, yeah. Um, our goals remain the same. Okay. Uh, broken people, disenfranchised people need to be whole, spirit, mind, and body. They need to be well. They need to be purposeful and, and productive and prosperous. And so whatever the uh, specifics are for that, that house, those, those guiding principles will, will be what propels it forward. Do you see, and I, I wonder, um, with the South Bend house, would you see uh, ex-inmates coming? From, is it, are you thinking regionally like, okay, inmates from this area would probably come to the South Bend house versus what the, the folks that are coming to Indianapolis? I, I just try to like translate to like ministry areas or how, how you guys are thinking about that. Um, or, or might they just come from, from anywhere? I, I don't know how you guys have thought about that. So we, we talk about a lot about Nazareth Man House. The the uh, ministry is Foresight Forgivers Foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, Foresight's one of Foresight's main goals is the uh, bringing together into an organization uh, ex felons uh, because there there are enough of us uh, in this country to to support this ministry in every way it needs to be supported. And uh, certainly when one has had that kind of experience, uh, then he or she is, in, is an invaluable asset uh, for helping others who have yet to get out of prison and also to be involved in our preventive care ministry. We talk about the houses, but we have quite an extensive ministry in Indianapolis with um, men who don't live in the house, but who are participating in our ministry. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Men that we minister to on a, on a weekly, some on a daily basis. Yep. We provide social services. We provide uh, uh, professional counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we provide a number of, of things that are necessary to help men with their families to, to stabilize and uh, to unify in a way that will help them to be stable and, and well-prepared. What has been relationally or emotionally, what has been the biggest challenge for you personally with this ministry? Hmm. Wow. Too many biggest, um, the, the, well, and, and challenges are both, both positive and negative. Um, uh, it's it's a challenge to to realize how hard it is mm. to to help men mm-hmm. to stay where they need to be. Um, you can you can uh, what's the old expression? You can lead a horse to water. Uh, by the way, a guy told me recently that that's really actually true. Yeah, <laughs> that you could stick a horse's head in water if you could if you could manage to do it, and he just drowned before he yeah. drinks. Yeah. And uh, man, and um, you know, so often we want we want guys to succeed more than they want to, mm. and so uh, that's a challenge, and especially for some guys, those who are who are drug who have drug dependencies, and and um, 
sexual addictions uh, are the are the most difficult to to work with. So that's that's the, the huge challenge. The the other challenge is getting uh, God's people to to recognize that this is good soil. It's it's a recognition that ex felons are the ones who can probably have. I won't say the largest, but a large part of the impact, positive impact on helping others who are at risk. And uh, so just having the support that we need is, uh, is huge. I, I uh, to touch on something that you said there, I, there is something significant, I think, and this is a problem m- myself coming from, you know, again, grew up in a Christian home. Uh, no, I don't remember a time when I wasn't following Jesus, you know, it was on my mama's lap at age three, you know, praying the prayer or whatever. And then there's been, you know, kind of, uh, milestones along the way in development, but having a sense of really coming to terms with what you're being saved from, like, and, and, and understanding that I think that's like, if, if it's just been cultural Christianity or whatever for you. Uh, that you just get that gets lost. You're like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this person of faith because like that's what I should do, and I recognize the truth behind this, and you know, um, and again to your point of like knowing a lot about God or whatever, but like the actual knowing Him, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if from the perspective of someone who who is who has been an inmate who who understands, uh, freedom and lack of freedom. If there's not just a greater insight and potential for someone that comes out of that to to like have a a larger understanding of freedom, particularly as as God would like to offer them that that freedom, and then if so, the potential that that person has to your point of really opening the eyes of a lot of a lot of other people does that does that make sense? I mean, I, I just, think so. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, Paul says, "For freedom, Christ has set you free." Yeah, and uh, um you know, stand fast in it. Don't, don't let your freedom slip away from you. And I think, uh, those who are raised in church, who have been raised to have good core, core values, uh, and, uh, principles that they just live by and grow up, grow their families up in and grow old and die in, um, might not fully appreciate how good it really is. And yeah. uh, if you've never really, uh, not that not that people who grow up in church are perfect, nobody, every every guy would, would be the first to say, oh no, I'm a long ways from that. And if, you, if he doesn't say it, just ask his wife and she'll tell him right <laughs> yeah, away. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's not, we all have imperfections, but, but boy, when you, when you lose your freedom, when you lose your rights, when you, you, you you have a chance to really see what how good it really is yeah, and how important it is. So you mentioned getting people involved. We've got people from all walks of life, from Goshen area, from all across the country that listen to this podcast. What are some practical ways that they can get involved with your with the ministry of the Nazareth Man House? Well, they can meet us at Clinton Frame on September the 10th, <laughs> Good by the plug. way, at well 630. Done, yeah. And uh, <laughs> come here f- about our ministry firsthand if they're in this area. Uh, 
come see some of the people who uh, have been and are being served in in our ministry uh, and bring a checkbook mm-hmm, yeah. uh, with us because the the bottom line is that uh, this is a good work and it needs it needs money uh, last year last year and a half were were disastrous yeah God has kept us yeah. and uh, he has to and um, we're not able to keep ourselves but yeah so that that's one way they can go on our website uh, at www.foresightforgivers.org and uh, learn about our our ministry they can come to the house uh, in Indianapolis at 2862 South Hope Road and uh, and visit us and see us there and see us in action um, seeing is believing and uh, so we invite people to do that uh, they can call us <laughs> they, awesome. they're uh, you know they're any 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 number of ways that people can 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 get involved, and, and by means by all means they can pray for us. Yep. We we need to we need to have people having conversations with God about yep. this work and this this ministry. And um, if you're looking for good soil to to sow in, this this is this is good soil. Mm-hmm. And we will be sure, obviously, to put all that information all with Nazareth Manhouse and, and, and Foresight, all of their information will be in our show notes uh, on the website that you can see over at dudesdadspodcast.com. And uh, we'll definitely be sure to connect people. Um, we And Andy and I, we, I mean, again, we've just seen, we believe in what is going on here. There, it's interesting. We, we strangely enough, and when you kind of think about it, have a lot of connections to prison ministry um, with people that we've had on the show and, and conversations that we've had. And I just have to say personally, like the opportunity is so immense. I, the, the, there are people that are ready and willing and just looking for someone to invest in them um, into the, into the future. And, uh, and that again, people are eternal souls, ma- souls matter. Mm-hmm. And um so it's, it is a, I just appreciate your guys' really holistic approach. There's practical skills that you guys are pouring in, uh, into people. Um, but there's also, uh, and not to say this is not practical, but there is, there's just spiritual development. There is spiritual encouragement, which I just have to imagine, um, you know, cause the, once you get out of the walls, the battle is not, as you've said, the battle is not over. There is a long, long road to hoe for so many folks. Um, and I would even imagine, uh, which we haven't even you know touched on, but just reconciliation with their family. Sure. Uh, though sure. those things, because eventually they're going to be with that family or try to be with that family to some degree. Um. So, yeah. So so many so many obstacles to overcome. But again, if as people of faith, like we believe that, like all those things are, they they can they can be overcome and and we want to want to pour that kind of encouragement into yeah. people well we have good friends in clinton frame and and brothers and sisters in 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 churches uh in northern indiana and um uh, who who love the lord who love the guys who love this cause who who are committed to it good friends in in ohio and 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 other places um and I think one of the things to remember, uh, despite the high recidivism rate uh, in this state and in states across the across the the country, is that most guys get out of prison want to do better, mm-hmm. and um, almost to a man, the guys who are churched 
or discipled on some level while incarcerated get out wanting to do better. Yep. And they can. They can. I am not an anomaly in that regard. Uh, guys can do better. They just need help. Mm. And the kind of help that they need uh, cost. And uh, we've, we've started our for-profit business uh, doing landscaping and janitorial service and, and, and what have you. Our goal is to make sure when they get out, we, we can provide them with a job right away. Uh, that way we can control not only um, their schedule, but help them to control their funds and, and, and what have you. And uh, most guys can make it. Uh, they, just, they just need help to, to do it. Martin, we can't say it enough. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, we uh, hope and pray, and we'll continue as we share all of this, um, that the right provision will come. Uh, we, it's it's a, There are many, many practical needs in that area, but we're just grateful for uh, just for the ministry investing in, as you've said, good soil, because it is, it, is, it is just that. And um, it, it also by seeing just seeing the the outcomes the really the positive outcomes because there's just a lot of good stories um it'll it'll give you a shot in the arm for faith you, you to, to see that you know what god can do in someone's life and Amen. take them from from uh, a place of desperation to a place of real hope so uh as always martin we can't let any of our guests uh get off of this show without uh introducing them to a little a little bit of fun so so here we go andy now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz. <laughs> All right, so the pop quiz today. No, actually, we had Reagan in studio. I should have had her do that one live. Oh, Reagan could have done that one live. Actually, hey Reagan, come over here come real here, quick. Real quick. Yeah, yeah, come over here, and you can say you can say the thing that you're supposed to say for the dudes and dads pop quiz. Now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz. Nailed it. Okay, good job. <laughs> We got it live. <laughs> good, good. All right. So uh, I'm going to start with the, f- we, so here we've got our, our deck of questions. And as we always like to say, we have no idea what's on, what questions we're going to have to ask. So it's just as much as a surprise to us as it is. Uh, some of these questions, uh, I, I got a card the other day. I was like, I'm not you, asking. You, I'm not like, asking. Yeah, you threw that or not. It was just, it, it was, was bad. It was hard. So, um, okay. So I'll pick my first card. Martin, here we go. When you think about success, who comes to your mind and why? When I think about success, who comes to my mind and why? why? Yes. Well, Jesus, of course. A oh, good answer. <laughs> Jesus comes to my mind. He is, uh, listen, he never attended college, never traveled more than 100 miles from the place that he was born, never wrote a book, never wrote a song, uh, didn't do any of the things that we would say would qualify him to be successful. And yet, more colleges, more songs, more books have been written about him. What a guy to follow, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on now. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. All right. So this question is, what is something you like that most people don't like? What is something I like that most people don't like? Hmm. I like most people. I don't know most people. Most people. <laughs> I, listen, I like, uh, I like, I don't know. I'm just a regular guy. I'm a, I'm a regular dude. Any, and, any and, weird and, food and, that you're into? Any, no, uh, I don't want coon and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, I, look, I, of all I, the things he could have mentioned, <laughs> that was the one. I, I like most things that people like. I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What do you value most in your friends? 
in my friends, most I, I value the level of loyalty that um, that I give. I think that when you call someone a friend, um, yeah, that's saying a handful. So loyalty, loyalty. All right, what's the favorite thing that you've bought this year? The favorite thing that I bought this year that got me out of a whole lot of trouble with my wife after us being together all of these years was a wedding ring. Oh, oh yeah. boy. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know how to top that one. That's, I, got her, I got her a wedding ring. Beautiful. Uh, Martin, because it's, it's not the ring. It's it's the it's the smile on her face when I there see her looking at it. it's okay, it's it's hear. her reaction. To I it hope she I, hears every minute of this I podcast. Like, yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, apart from the Bible, what book belongs on everyone's shelf? Apart from the Bible, what book belongs on everyone's shelf? You mean, um, wow, I don't know. Um, you know, a good commentary about the Bible would be one thing. <laughs> I, I love how we did that. All right, and the last question for the Dudes and Dads pop quiz is, which words or phrases do you, do you use? Sorry, let me start that one again. I can't even speak. <laughs> which words or phrases do you overuse the most? Words or phrases that I overuse the most. Um, uh, so the guys, the guys in in prison say, uh, "You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean?" And I find myself saying, "You know what I mean? You know what I mean?" It's like, really, did you say what you meant? You know, that's what I'm saying to myself. I, I need to try to break myself of that. Oh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? We do know what you mean. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. We do know what you mean. Uh, yet again, Martin, we are so grateful for you coming on the show. We pray God's richest blessing over you, your team, the ministry, the men that are uh, benefiting from uh, from yeah from what God is doing uh, at Nazareth Man House and and well and the ripple effect that we we really believe is uh, is going to come out of it. Um, so first of all, if you can support, we're gonna, again, we got all the show notes. If you can support the ministry, please do. If you just, heck, get in your car and drive, uh, set up an appointment, come and see what they're doing. It's, uh, it's worth the time. Um, all different kinds of ways that you can partner with them and, and serve, uh, serve the ministry. So uh, be sure to check it out. There we go. There we go. I was <laughs> The music didn't come on right this time. I was at the end of my rope. So, okay. Uh, hey, as always, we love to hear feedback over uh, uh, feedback at dudesanddadspodcast.com. We got an email set up for that one. We do. Yeah. Feedback at dudesanddadspodcast.com or our phone number 574-213-8702 is our voicemail number. We would love to hear from you. We would. We would. Uh, friends, thanks for joining in. Uh, so glad you're along the journey with us and uh, just keep on tuning in. Hey, remember to like us, subscribe, do all of that stuff. Follow us everywhere we're at. Yeah, it helps people find what we're doing. So uh, get on it. Appreciate you all. Hey, guys, until next time, we wish you all the best. Grace Grace and and peace. peace.